0: Welcome back to the Plumberfire Podcast. This is part one of two of our interview with Michael Mojo-Johnson. I hope you enjoy. Let's go. Michael, mate, like I said, instead of doing the usual introduction, I might get you
1: to give us a bit of a background about yourself and uh, how do you explain what you do now? Uh, Onlyfans. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, um, look, um, I started working in mental performance. I realized that everyone knows what to do, they just don't do it and whatever's going on in their head is normally the thing that either helps them to succeed and achieve great things or destroys everything. Mm. So, um, that's sort of, uh, I guess the, the most simple way. Um, but then from there we realized that most people who were coming through our vets were business owners. Um, there was a ton of them, uh, that, you know, they struggled with leadership. They struggled with management. They struggled with communication. Um, that then impacted their ability for their business to grow. They would complain about their team all the time, how shit everyone was. Mm. Um, and it was all just human behavior problems. You know, I think, um, If most people look at a business, we're talking like 90 to 95% human behavior problems and 5% strategy or some sort of a system problem. Mm -hmm. You know, if you build the best systems and put an idiot in charge of it, they're going to fuck it all up. And, um, so I think most business owners, I I don't really think they actually look at the impact of human behavior in their business. There's so much area to grow, but it's just, most people don't really look at it. You know, sales Mm -hmm. is all human behavior. Marketing is human behavior. Branding is human behavior. The team, uh, you know, in, in the delivery and, and the work that they do, was all human behavior. You've got a bloke on the tools who's had a shitty day, you know, the missus has reamed him because he, you know, did whatever last night. And then he's now he's fucking, he, come, he comes to work, he's all pissed off, and he's frustrated. How, how effective is he, is he going to be that day? Like, mm. he's not thinking about work, he's thinking about all the shit that's going on at home. Yep. You know, if you have another employee who's got a health problem, they're thinking about how bad their back is, their neck pain, their shoulder pain, their health issue that they've got. They're not thinking about work. Mm. And then, so a lot of people say, I've got shit staff, but they don't have shit staff. They just don't know how to manage the behavior within the staff or their mindset and, and so on. Yeah. So yeah, yep. that's, that's what I do. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance and Mojo Business Multiplier. And just, just a little bit briefly about how you got
0: into it. Like what is your, from, I guess you used to be a diesel mechanic. If yep. we start from that point maybe,
1: and just how you got to today. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go back long story. I feel I feel like a geezer now because I'm like it was 20 years ago. Uh, um, people need a background when they listen. I suppose it would be nice to know. Yeah. Um. Well, originally, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I got kicked out of school when I was 15. Thought, you know, I'm just some fucking dropkick loser. I'm not going to get anywhere in life. I got put into special classes. All the teachers said that I had like ADD, dyslexia, all of that shit. Like I used to just mm. run a mark. Um, I used to get picked on a lot as why I had bright red hair, freckles, I was chubby. Um, and when I got expelled from school, I just fell into this like downhill spiral where I was like, There's no point to even being here anymore. I was in trouble at school all the time, I'm in trouble at home. And I just thought, fuck it, you know, that's it. I'm 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 done. And um, you know, the the one thing that saved my life that night was just thinking of my best mate. He'd been through a lot. And I thought, you know, I can't I can't do this to him. Um then from there, I just thought, you know, I I can't please anyone else. I've just got to look after myself. So I ended up deciding to go back to school, finished off grade twelve, did whatever subjects I wanted. Had no fucking idea what I wanted to do in life. I knew I wasn't going to uni- going to, going to go to university, and I knew I wasn't going to be a rocket like scientist or some shit. Um, so I I became a diesel mechanic because I love working on cars, and I've always been a car guy. So I just thought, you know, there's technology there. There's my mining is cool mm-hmm. let's just get into it so did that fucking hated it you know every day I used to go to work I was just one of those drones that mumbled every morning when I got to work oh fucking hell and here again this piece of fucking shit shit hole then the boss would come out and he'd go you know Michael we need to do this this and I'm like ah fuck off like you know it was just one of those really down negative pricks I was like that for a while until I realized that the one place that I loved was the gym that was the only place that ever made me feel good about myself after work, all my mates went to the pub. They were all drinking all the time. They gambled most of their money away. And I thought this isn't really what I want. I always enjoyed making money. Um, from a young age, my grandparents were always mucking around with the share market. That I never thought they were wealthy, but you know, later on in life I found that they were extremely wealthy. Yep. Um, they weren't they they never got handed money. It's just my grandpa worked really, really hard. He started at the bottom of what was Etsy Utilities back then and became one of the like high-level directors or board members or something like that. So he'd worked extremely hard and they lived poor, but they saved everything and put into shares. And so they ended up making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I never realized that because they always always us asses when I grew up. So there was just this vibe around shares and making money and, and stuff like that, that I picked up from them. And so I was like, you know what? I want to go and figure out how to make money and, and, and do this. So I thought, you know what? I didn't, didn't really know what I wanted to do, thought I'm going to go back, become a personal trainer, go and study after hours. The thing that scared the shit out of me, though, was I was put in a special classes, told that I was dyslexic, told I had learning difficulties. So going back to study scared the living shit out of me. I thought, I'm going to go back there. I'm an adult going to study with all these young kids. They've just finished school, you know, or, or maybe they hadn't. um And I've got to go back now. At the time, I thought I was old, but I was like 22 yeah. or 21. <laughs> um Went back, studied, and I was a straight A student. And I thought, fuck, what's going on here? You know. I'm, at school, I was always in trouble, but when I found the thing that I loved, I just dived deep into it. Hmm. So I'm a straight A student, started getting like job offers and, and all of that, but I was like, I want to finish off my apprenticeship. Then I got a phone call one day that my best mate had been in a car accident, and he was the reason why I didn't kill myself when I was 15. Got there, found out his niece, his niece was killed in that car accident, and he had, you know, some pretty decent injuries. And I just remember being at her funeral and watching this little white coffin going into the ground, just going, how the fuck can life just be taken away just like that? Like here I am bitching and moaning about this shitty life that I have, complaining about everything, but she never even got to live. Mm. So it was a huge wake up call. And for the first time ever, I thought, what's the purpose of my life? And then how am I going to be remembered when I'm not here? And they were like the big driving questions for me. That stuck in my mind for a while. And then this one day I got called into the boss's office and I got signed off my apprenticeship early. And I just remember this sinking feeling like almost as though I was going to throw up because the idea that I was going to be stuck somewhere that I fucking hated for the rest of my life was just Mm gut-wrenching. And there was this thing inside my head of like, do I stay or do I just pack my shit up, put it in the car, and then just drive to the local gym and just say, give me a job, like I'll do anything. Well, I decided to put my shit in the car and (laughs) I said to the boss, like, I'm out of here. I, at the time, I worked for a trucking company. Um, I did part of my apprenticeship at the Caterpillar dealer and then moved to uh, a trucking company. And I remember the boss saying to me, it was this old Italian guy who, who um, had a large trucking company. And he said to me, Michael, don't end up like the rest of these fuckers. Go do what you love. They were his exact words. And uh, threw my shit in the car, drove to mum and dad's house where I was living at the time, unpacked all my toolbox and my mom comes out. You know, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I'm going to become a personal trainer. She's like, there's no money in personal training. No one makes money. We're talking like, you know, 20 years ago now or, or 18 years ago. So back then it was personal trainers were just like, I don't know, they'd rock up to the gym. They were like half in footy shorts, half yeah. in thongs. They'd chuck their, their running gear on. The gym was like those aerobics chicks, you know, like aerobic old style back in the day. Yeah, yeah. um So it wasn't really like a serious industry. I just walked into the local gym and I was like, look, give me an opportunity. I'll do anything like I'll clean toilets. And they said, you can work on the desk. So I worked on the desk, scanning barcodes as people would come in. But within four weeks, the boss came to me and he's like, everyone knows you here now. Like you talk to everybody, you go on train with the boys after hours, you know, like a lot of stuff. Cause I would spend most of my time just studying and learning. And he said, look, if you don't tell anyone you're not qualified, why don't you just start as a personal trainer? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. So I started there. Um, work in that industry, uh, set up a franchise system. And then I got asked to go and speak at other gyms and also to run like a 10 week challenge. When I did that, I realized that I loved teaching and I loved helping people through communication and, and coaching and, and teaching. So that sort of engaged the love for the, the speaking and, and mm. so on like I do now. Um, but I really just want to tell people and I kept studying and I kept learning. What I realized was at first I thought personal training and learning how to lift weights was going to be the thing that I love to do. But after a while, I realized that most of my clients had issues with recovery. So, that, you know, they'd have injuries or that have bloating or they wouldn't lose weight. And so I thought, shit, I need to go back and study nutrition. So I went and did a heap of courses on nutrition. And then I realized that there was a heap of injuries and they would go on to physios and chiros and a whole bunch of other therapists. Um, and they were sort of getting results, but I knew that I could help as well. So I went back and studied physical rehabilitation, strength conditioning. And I kept going. Eventually I ended up getting poached from the gym that I was at to go and work at Fitness First when they first came to Adelaide. And mm-hmm. so I was one of the first trainers at Climash here on Port Road. So I worked there for a year and then there was a medical center that ended up poaching me to go and work in there. And they gave me my, essentially my own physical therapy area. Um, and I just worked almost as a personal trainer, but doing a lot of physical rehab, some athletic performance and, and so on. Did that for a while. And, um, I just remember sitting in the medical center one day and I was talking to this guy who was like this big bikey dude, tattoos, big goatee, all of that. Like this guy was, he looked pretty tough, Uh, especially when I was this skinny little (laughs) kid. with, well, back in the day I was shredded, but I was this shredded dude with fake tan and all that, you know, back in the, in the Ziz days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the stereosonics. Yeah. And he's just telling me about all of these problems that he's got. And he's like, Michael, you know, they think that it's all in my head. And I was like, well, shit, it's probably true because it seems like he knows what to do, but he's just not doing it. So I started exploring the idea that maybe our mindset plays more of a role in our life than what we actually can comprehend. Now, I remember doing psychology or part of psychology when I was studying personal training. And I remember them talking about it. and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, Mm. You, your mind just creeps and destroys your life and your mindset does all this stuff. And I was like, what a fucking load of shit. Like you just wake up and you just do things. But I started realizing how much of an impact it had because there was a psychologist who worked at the medical center as well. I started asking them questions like, why is it that someone's depressed? Why is it that these people have anxiety issues? Why does this happen? And a lot of the time she didn't give me very good answers. As in, it was like they were very keen to diagnose things, but wouldn't get to the bottom of it. It was like, well, it's just a chemical Mm -hmm. imbalance. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Yeah. Well, it's just how it is. And I'm like, but how the fuck? Like, why Why can someone go 30 years without a chemical imbalance and now it's imbalanced? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. And because of my diesel mechanic background, because I used to work for Caterpillar, we would have to break down machinery. Like if an engine had a malfunction, you'd pull the whole thing down and you'd get down to every, like the last little bit where... You might find metal filings in the in the oil. Well, why? And then so you mm. keep pulling it all apart, and then you know it, it might be a bearing or something like that. But then why did the bearing fail? Was it an oil problem? Was there dirt in the oil? Like was there a contaminant? Was there the metal like weak? What was it? So we would we would go right down to the like minuscule to find out why why something was like that. And so that really drove me to try and figure out why people are the way that they are. And I wasn't. I I don't think that I was happy with the idea that something was just a chemical imbalance, or it was just the way that it was, or they were just born that way, which sometimes it is, sometimes it's a genetic issue, but very rarely is it a genetic issue. Um, And so, yeah, I just kept exploring and traveled all around the world and just found people way smarter than me to learn from. And um, you know, I'm still very open-minded to try to figure all this shit out. And the more that I implemented my own mindset work in my own life, the more I was able to grow the business that I have now, I was able to travel the world, I was able to connect with amazing people. And then, you know, now where I can be, well, I'm the private coach to rich listers, um, professional athletes, um, yourself, um, mm. you know, and, and, a, and a community of other business owners or other people who just want to be better in life and, and know that there's a gap between where they want to be in their own life and where they are. And mm. I don't know that that gap ever closes. I just think that you just keep dreaming bigger and yeah. and life becomes bigger and more fun and you have more opportunities. Um, but I'm always trying to close that gap every day. I'm like, how can I fucking be better than yesterday? Like Mm. 1% better than yesterday at the end of the year, the person that I am at the end of this year is going to be completely different than last year. I think most people live life where at the end of every year, it's worse than what it was last year because they get to a point, I think maybe in their early thirties, maybe late twenties where they've reached the peak of their life. You know, Mm. they might be married kids, um, they've got a career now they've got a mortgage they've they've got a couple of friends but they used to go out and party and they reached that peak and then after that it's just like well now i just work now i just do this now i've got four weeks holiday now i got christmas you know now i got yeah. easter and it's like it's just this monotonous shitty fucking life that they just accept because it's normal but i think that there are a lot of people out there yourself included and and on one of them where being average and fitting in isn't even an option it's like fuck it i want to be above the average and i want to do better shit like i want better mm. cars i want a better house i want to be able to travel when i want i want to be able to Think differently. I want to be able to connect with amazing people. I want to go do cool shit in life. I don't want to just accept that I'm an average because I think average is shit, especially when you've got 60-something percent of the population is obese or overweight. You know, the average Australian has pretty much zero savings in their bank account. Like average is just dog shit in life. Mm. And then below average is like even more dog shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Once I understood that, it's like, well, now how can I just be the best that I can be throughout life where I can really enjoy this game? Like yeah. I think life's just a game yeah, and you just play the pieces that you've got.
0: That's sick. Um, entrepreneurship, it's a word that's thrown around a lot these days and mm-hmm. um, I think it's often well, definitely overused and definitely misunderstood as well. But I think like for you, it's definitely a fitting because you've, you've definitely forged your own path. Not a typical career path, and I guess that's probably what the meaning of entrepreneur is, or one of them. And I, I I'm guessing along that path, there's been quite a few times where you, you wanted to give up, man, or you were doubts were creeping in your mind about are you on the right track. And I wanted to ask you, like,
1: how have you moved past and overcome those doubts that you've had? That's a ripper question. I, I'm not sure that you do. I think that it would be ignorant to think that. Doubt is a negative mm-hmm. I think that doubt is a very good thing because I think those who are overconfident tend to fight things up. I think that when you've got doubt, you tend to mitigate risk, you tend to think through things more effectively. you know there's There's one type of personality in entrepreneurship that I've seen which just tends to go flat out all the time. They do really, really well, but then everything falls apart and then they go really, really hard, and then everything falls apart. I think in a more intelligent way is knowing that the doubt is there, knowing that the fear is there, but it's there for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. When I've worked with um, people who who do things in extreme sports, they're very, they are very—they tend to be very intelligent. As in, they look at a risk, they assess the risk, they go, how do we mitigate the risk? And I'm still going to fucking do it anyway. Yeah. So when you're doing a double backflip on a motorbike, it's not that they're just getting out there and just going balls to the wall and holding a flat stick and then hitting a ramp and just hoping that it goes. Mm. They have... Planned it, they've done the flip multiple times into a foam pit. And then over time, they've created this confidence within themselves that they can do it and then they give it a shot. Does it always work? No. But they've mitigated as many risks as they possibly can to make it as safe as possible. The difference between a professional and an amateur is that a professional knows the risks, they assess the risks, and then they get shit done anyway. Mm-hmm. The amateur just goes flat out or they don't do anything. Mm. I think that's the difference. So I don't think that it's so much about the fear, because I still have the fear. I still worry about things. Um, you know, I still have doubts in the back of my mind. But I know that there there is a huge benefit. And if I have doubt in something, it's just telling me that there's there's something that I haven't thought through well enough. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's explore. But I also don't let that shit hold me back. Every morning I wake up and I go and look at what my mission is and what I'm trying to achieve long term. And that's the thing that drives my behaviors. Hmm. Not the fear. Not the worry. Not whether I'm happy, unhappy. All of that bullshit that society um, perpetuate, which is like, you know, you've got to be happy in life. Fuck happiness. The only people that want happiness are those who are unhappy. When you're just doing shit, you're in flow and you don't really care about happiness or unhappiness. Like, you know, when you're playing with your kids, you're not sitting there going, oh, this is good. I'm really happy about this. Like you just play with them Mm. because like in that moment you're having, like you're enjoying yourself. You're seeing them have fun. Um, that, that's the only way that I can describe it. Like when I'm doing something like right now, I'm not thinking this isn't work. This is just something that I do. Mm. So I think there's a difference between being present with what you do and being fulfilled in what you do versus the idea of being happy, which is normally a byproduct of unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of people want life to be easy, but that's why they're extremely uneasy in life. Or they want comfort, but they're trying to mitigate, or they, they're trying to balance out their discomfort. You know, like when, you, when business is going shit, you just want business to go easy. Yeah, But if you just wake up in the morning, you focus on what you've got to get done throughout the day, at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, cool. I just mm-hmm. got shit done. Everything seemed to work. Cool. We do it again tomorrow.
0: So from your experience, do you think even the most elite people that you work with still have doubts? Cause you know, from the outside looking in, you'd think it like some of these elite people that we both know, and you know, even more than me, a lot of people would think, oh, they'd never doubt themselves. Do
1: you, do you, do you think they all have doubts? Yeah. I, I think the only reason why that happens is because society has this idea that there are these superhero like figures that are not human. Mm. That gives them an excuse to get off. It, it really allows them off their own hook. The truth is they're humans. Mm. All humans do dumb shit. All humans make mistakes. You know, I know that every person that I work with, and I don't give a fuck whether they show on social media that they walk across water or whatever. Every time I work with someone, they've got a dark box of secrets that they hide inside their own mind and everyone's got it there and they hope that no one finds the fucking key. Yeah. So everyone's got shit that they're ashamed of. Everyone's got things that they're guilty about. Everyone's got things of the past that they wish they could change. Everyone's got it. Yeah, Everyone yeah. has fears, worries, doubts. It just depends like what level of the game do you want to play at? You know, when I, I, in my events, I say that life is just like school. There's a whole bunch of lessons at every level, and then there's a test. So it doesn't matter whether you are playing in grade one, or it doesn't matter whether you are playing in grade seven, the test is always hard, but the test is relative to the knowledge that you have. Yeah. So when you're running a hundred million dollar business. The test that you're getting, you get sued. You're not going to get sued for, you know, 20 grand. You're mm-hmm. going to get sued for 3 million, 5 million, 10 million. Does that suck? Fucking oath it does. It, it sucks a lot. When you're running a million dollar business, you're probably going to get sued for your 20 or 50 grand or maybe even hundred grand. And that sucks. But when you've got no money, no one's going to sue you. Yeah. It's like levels. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. So yeah. I think that every, every challenge that you have is always relative to the size that you're playing at. So I don't want to get rid of problems. I just want bigger problems because that's the level of the game I'm playing at. And I heard a saying years ago, like, would you rather rock up to your problems in an old bashed up Datto or would you rather rock up in a supercar or a Ferrari or, you know, whatever, whatever your ideal car is or yeah. whatever. What I know is that I'd rather rock up to my problems in a fucking brand new Gulfstream private jet yeah. than than what I would, you know, some old clapped out, you know, that's in the, that I've gone bush bashing with, yeah. um, it all depends. Like Mm -hmm. I don't project onto other people, the size of life that they want to play at. Like there are some people out there who just, you know, their, their priority in life is to do everything for their kids and to work a nine to five job and spend as much time with their kids as they can. And there's nothing wrong with that, that that's their objective in life. And if they can achieve that target, they're probably doing better than most. But if you've got a desire to want to build an empire or to build a business, if you if you thought about spending the majority of your time with your family, you'd be absolutely miserable because in the back of your mind, you're always going to want to build that empire. Mm -hmm. So you've got to really know what you want and then go and live that lifestyle. That's all that it really comes down to. And I think no matter who it is, everyone's playing, everyone's trying to figure it out and everyone is trying to move towards it. So when you figure it out, it's easy to move towards it. But that the more the more you learn, the bigger the goal becomes. Mm. So no one ever really gets there. Yeah. That's what I think anyway. I've never really met someone who, who gets what they really want in life because it always grows. Mm-hmm. So you, someone builds a, a million dollar business. Once you get there, you're like, yeah, cool. Now what's next? Yeah. And then it grows again, but you build that confidence. You build the knowledge and you're like, man, shit, maybe we can build a five. Mm-hmm. And then you get to five and it's like, maybe I can build a 10. Well, once you get a 10, well, why not build a 30? And then, and it keeps growing, but that's, I believe that the purpose of life is growth. What a better way than having these goals that keep expanding as you expand.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Business is hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's run a business for an extended
0: period of time would, would vouch for that. And you work with a lot of really elite business people and I'd love who, you know, and they've had success over a, a long period, a long sustained period of time and For instance, or I wanted to ask you like what, for instance, like the Elon Musk of the world that come up against seemingly insurmountable pressures and, you know, barriers, but they, they continually come out on top. And I'm sure you work with some people like that. Mm -hmm. What separates them? People who just will not, will not fucking stop
1: even when they're under the most insurmountable pressures and barriers. Depends what you're talking about. So if you're talking about mentally, that's different than business pressures. They're they're sort of similar, but they're different. So Mm -hmm. I I personally have never met Elon Musk, so I can't can't say how he thinks through things and and how he problem solves. I would love to meet him because normally when I'm meeting someone, I'm asking a lot of questions to try to figure out how they think through their processes and and how they overcome challenges and how they overcome obstacles because it's great for me to teach that to other people. Which I guess that's what separates me is that when a lot of my clients are being rich listers or or they've done extremely well in business, mm-hmm. I can go and learn from those people as well as coaching them and, and helping them to improve their mental performance. Um, but I can also go back and teach other business owners that this is how you need to think through things. I think that Elon is just very, very smart and, and a lot of big business owners are just very, very smart that they are aware of the mission that they want and they realize that you just need to do whatever you, you need to do in order to get that mission achieved. Mm-hmm. I think that's number one. The other thing is that I don't think that they are delusional around what it actually takes. Mm. I think that most people are very delusional. They start a business and they're like, you know, I get to do what I want, when I want, how I want. I'm like, motherfucker, have you, do you you even know what you're talking about? That was going to be a question. I took it out, but I'm glad (laughs) you brought it off. You you know, like uh, when, when someone says that to me, I always muck around with people on the phone because I'm a bit of a larrikin as well. Um, I'm also very serious. Like, you, you know, you've probably seen people who come to some of my events, like my mindset events, they might be medical doctors and shit like that or have science degrees. And so I'm I'm serious, but I also like a bit of a laugh because I think life's too short to take everything too seriously. But someone will say like, you know, I just want to start a business so I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I also want to like, I want to run my business from the Playboy Mansion to have Playboy bunnies like massage yeah. my shoulders and shit every day when I'm working. And it's like, okay, but now let's get rid of the bullshit and the fantasy. What do you actually want it for? Like, mm-hmm. what are you trying to achieve? I think when people feel trapped, like our brain, I believe, and this is This is my philosophy on mental performance. Our brain is always trying to counterbalance itself. Anything that has a positive charge attracts a negative charge in any field of science, apart from human behavior and psychology or social science. So there's all this idea of positive thinking. But the people that I see who always go to positive thinking events are actually quite negative. So they'll beat themselves up. They don't think they're where they want to be. And they put a lot of pressure on themselves. And they think if I'm more positive, then life will be better. But by being positive, you tend not to look at the negative things or the downsides, or you don't tend to mitigate risk, and then so you end up back in a shitstorm again, and then you want more positivity, and so it creates this vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Everything in nature that tends to be, um, tends to be stable, tends to have the best growth. So if if you want to be like, if you want to have a good business, you want a stable business. You want a stable business with consistency and consistent growth. Versus a business that's fast growth and then collapses in on itself because it just can't sustain its own its own weight. Um, so I believe our mindset is very very similar to that. Now, when someone wants freedom, it's normally because they feel trapped. So when mm. someone's like, "I just want financial freedom," I'm like, "You're stuck financially, aren't you?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I just don't like the stress." And I'm like, "Of course you don't." But at the same time, the reason why you're broke is because when you get money, you go out and you blow your money on trying to be free, but then that makes you feel trapped again because now you've got no cash. Mm. And the same as like people who tend to have, t- tend to go to work and they're, they're miserable and they're unhappy and they work. Like mining's a great example. People go up to the mines and not everybody does this, but a lot of people do it. They go up to the mines, they try to get ahead financially. They're fucking miserable. They complain about how shit it is up there. Then they get home or how do they counterbalance being unhappy? Buying shit. But yeah. They've got to go and find where their happiness is and their happiness is in buying all this shit because they're trying to buy back their happiness with the money that they've got. Yeah. Yep. So now they've got the boat, the jet ski, the two motorbikes, the <laughs> the three cars, and they're still broke as shit. And their goal was to get in the, into the, uh, into the mines for a year, pay off all their debt, get some sort of financial independence. And now they're financially fucked because they've spent all of their cash, mm-hmm. gone into more debt because the bank will them more money. And now they're trapped for another two years. Mm-hmm. And so there's this vicious cycle that happens. So when it comes to Business, I think that the most intelligent business owners realize that it's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, why doesn't everyone do it? Like, if I just said to you, you know, hey, at the end of the year, I'll just give you a million bucks, wouldn't everyone take that? Mm. You don't have to do any work; I'll just give it to you. The reason why a million bucks, it, not many people have a million bucks, is because it's fucking tough to get it. Yeah. So you, you know, I was I was actually talking to um, a professional athlete only uh, a, a couple of days ago, and. I said to him, like, you you must have a pretty good mindset, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I don't know, I just, and I was like, but hang on, in order to get where you're at, you have to live an extremely imbalanced lifestyle. Like to be a professional athlete, mm. you don't have lifestyle balance; you have an extreme imbalance. But it's balanced for the athlete to wake up every morning to go to training, to look after nutrition, to put the sport ahead of everything, family, friends, all of that stuff, in order to to do what you do and to make a shitload of money, to have the media attack you and all that sort of stuff, like the media do with athletes. It is a very hard thing. Mm. It's not easy. And that's the reason why most people aren't professional athletes. Yeah, But most people fantasize about it. So when you're at school, most people are like, you know, I just want to be an athlete. Like it would be awesome to play professional football. But the thing is that you're not dedicated. You don't have the skill set. You know, I grew up with uh, one of my friends who, uh, he played AFL football and, and was quite good. He won a McGarry medal and, um, you know, some. Uh, he, he did quite well in in the AFL as well. was in there for a long time. And for him, I remember playing high school footy with him. And he's like, I've got to go home because I've got to ice. And you're like, dude, just come out and drink. No, nah, man, I got to go home and ice. And then he's eating like his fucking steamed fish and shit because he had to be underweight for preseason and everything like that. You know, he was just very, very dedicated. He made it. Everyone else didn't because we went drinking and went and picked yeah, up cheats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. He. So I think in business, returning this back to business, and I know I'm rambling a bit. Coming back to business, it's an extremely tough thing. You know, fifty-six um, percent of all businesses fail within four years in this country. And I think it's something like 92% of businesses never crack $2 million in annual turnover. 84 or 86% never have more than four staff. Mm. So if you've got more than four staff and have over $2 million in turnover, you're like a fucking unicorn. But when you speak to most of those business owners, they hang around with other business owners and they're like, yeah, but I want to crack 10 mil because they're hanging out with other people who are doing it. Yeah, But when you go out into society, there's not many people who have $2 million in annual turnover. Mm. There's not many business owners that have more than four staff. Like, you know, you've probably seen a lot of tradies out there who have, you know, there's like them and one other tradie that works for them, maybe an admin chick or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It is. But, you know, you don't get in the ring with Mike Tyson if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to cop some punches and you don't want to punch back, like mm-hmm. don't play the game if you don't want to play the game. It's a good answer. Yeah. Now,
0: yeah, as, as business owners, I think this follows on good with that question. We've all, we've, de- all of us have all felt lo- lost at times, stuck in a rut. And at the same time, we always, we've always known someone in our life as well mm-hmm. who's just has become lost. Um, why does this happen? And what are the common mistakes people make
1: trying to resolve it? Oh, that, this is deep. This is like a, a seven day seminar just on this one question. <laughs> um, don't give away all the secrets. You no. Know. <laughs> um, even if I did, there's still more. <laughs> um, so the first thing is that when, from a human behavior standpoint, there was a, a famous psychiatrist called uh, Sigmund Freud. And what he said is that there's something called the ego and the ego really, the, the true definition of it means the true self. Now, for some weird reason, someone came along and, and, and meant the over-exaggerated self and they misinterpreted it. And now everyone in society is like, you've got an ego. Mm. The original definition of it means the true self, and you can go look up the etymology or the history of the word, and and that's what it means. So Sigmund Freud said, you've got this ego, which is the true self, who you really are, and you develop that ego from uh, from a young age. But we're essentially born with what he called the id, and the id is the emotional self, the reactive self. So a child, when it's hungry, screams and cries. But when a child feels threatened or a newborn feels threatened, it screams and cries. Mm -hmm. And so it has this emotional pendulum that swings back and forward. And so a child is either happy or unhappy. And you'll see it smile and you'll see it cry. So the child from from a newborn has this thing that Freud called the id, and that's where we get the word idiot from, because an idiot tends to just be emotional and react to how it feels. Mm -hmm. But over time, as a child grows up, it develops this idea or its sense of self. And that's called the ego. But then in order to mitigate the id or the emotional self, what he spoke about was that we have these things called implanted values. So when the child is doing something erratic and driven by its emotions, the parent comes along and says, don't do that. And so you've got kids. One of the first words they learn is no. And Mm. they learn no before they learn yes. They learn how to push things. Yeah. Yeah. And they learn how to push things before they learn how to pull things. So they learn how to push things away from themselves and they learn how to say no before they learn how to pull things and say yes, right? So a child is developing this, this um, or it has this emotional pendulum, that's how it navigates life. And it does so based on what it perceives is a threat to its own life. And it, it moves towards things it perceives enhances its life. And we can call those impulses and instincts. Mm-hmm. Any impulse is something we perceive benefits us. And so we're impulsive towards it and we pull it towards us. And when we've got a threat, we call, we can call that an instinct and we push it away from ourselves. So coming back to the question, when someone feels lost, it's normally because they've lost their sense of self, but they've only lost their sense of self because they have this emotional pendulum with a whole bunch of impulses and fears. And then they also have the implanted values of others. Mm -hmm. And so now they can't make decisions because they, they don't really have an intelligent decision-making strategy. What they have is. I feel like taking drugs. Therefore, I took drugs. Yeah. But then the next day, they're like, well, the, the drugs were good, but, but now I, I f- feel really shit afterwards, and so now I feel bad. Yeah. And so most people don't realize this. Even most people in psychology and and in mental performance and men- the mental space don't realize this. You can't have an impulse without a fear. So when someone drives home from work and they're like, fuck, I've had a shit day, don't you don't you like drive home and start thinking about, well, you want to eat for dinner, or you're like, fuck it, I just want a pizza. Mm. Or you're like, you know what, I could just have a beer. Yeah. So we become impulsive when we have fears that drive our decision-making. Why does that happen? Because we don't really know what we want. Mm. And then when you go to do that, like let's say someone's driving home, they're like, you know what, I'm going to have some beers. All of a sudden, these voices appear inside their own mind, which is like, oh no, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. And so then they get all these shoulds, these musts, these shouldn'ts. They're all implanted values from people around them. So when you're younger growing up and mum or dad say, don't do that, that's bad. You now have their implanted value and their idea of good and bad. Yeah. So when someone says I should go to the gym and I'm listening to them and I'm working with them as a as a performance coach, I'm like, well, hang on. You said should. Mm-hmm. That's not you. That's someone else who's saying you should go to the gym because it's their values, not yours. Yeah. The question is, do you really want to go to the gym? Or is this just an implanted value of somebody else where you think if I went to the gym, I would have what they have? Yeah. The more you make decisions like that, the more fucked up you're going to be because the more you're off track with your own life. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that they're shit at 99% of things. The faster you can realize you're pretty much shit at everything, the faster you can get on track with just realizing what you're really good at and just doing that thing. Mm. Elon Musk, you mentioned him before. He's extremely good at building businesses or buying partial businesses. Very rarely has he built a business as a founder from scratch. He's normally bought into a business. Like Tesla was already running. He bought it. Um, Twitter, he bought it. Um that's not all the time but he normally brings in a team of people around him he pays them a lot of money and gets them to work and they build it all and then he's just ruthless but when i say ruthless he's not ruthless in a destructive way he's ruthless because either you're going to do the job or you're not going to do the job yeah and that's fucking business right like if you can't do your job you're out of here Mm -hmm. in a professional sports team you don't want a whole bunch of drop kicks because they're a nice person you want to fucking win the grand final so if that Mm -hmm. means that halfway through the year you've got to get rid of a player and then bring another player in well that's what has to happen Mm -hmm. because you're there to win Business is a competition. It's, you know, when you sit around and fuck around, new competitors are licking their lips going, cool, we'll just take some of their clients. If they do a better job than you, they take some of their clients. If they have better systems, they take some clients. Eventually, you go bust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm not saying that business is about being ruthless, but it's about having a mission, having a good leadership, having good management and good processes. But coming back to um, this idea of implanted values, the faster you can figure out who you are, the faster you can just get on with shit and just make things happen. And as a business grows, also you have more opportunities. So you were at the last um, business growth odyssey, and were you there when Matt Ryder spoke, the sales guy? No, because I went oh. to an event. Ah, so and what? He, for a bit, what he said was he's one of the, he's one of the top salespeople um, globally, I would say. Um, but anyway, he came in and spoke to the attendees of, of the event I was running the business event, and he said that when you're a business owner and you start doing well. The woman in the red dress that is hot as shit gets hotter. And what he means is that the, the opportunities that arise in front of you are more sexy than ever. Mm. And the problem that a lot of business owners have is because they're unclear of what they're really trying to achieve and what their skill sets are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, as the business grows, more and more people rock up and they're like, oh man, we should go on a partnership together. Hey, I've got this wicked idea. We should do this. Yeah. And those things start to happen. Mm. But what that does is it distracts you or it pulls you off track. Mm-hmm. And so as you said, the woman in the hot dress gets even hotter, the more successful you are. And the more successful you become, they keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter. The opportunities just keep getting better and better and better. But are they really what you want or are they just a fucking distraction? Mm. Okay. And so, yeah, you just got to know what you want. So you mentioned mission before. So I mm-hmm. wonder if you could just touch on
0: why you're so passionate about teaching people that business need need have a mission,
1: purpose, vision, and values. Yep. What's the difference between them two? Yeah. So in human behavior, from what I've been able to find, and and there's different philosophies out there, different ideas, but I guess a lot of people who say things haven't really done the research. Like there's a lot of people out there who just go, you know, you need to find a purpose in Mm. life, but what does that mean? How do you get to it? Most people I meet say, oh, I know my purpose, but when you question them, they just break. And that's like, Mm. I'm a hundred percent sure. If you look at my habits and my behaviors, I help people to perform better. That's my purpose in life. Anyone who comes to me and says, I disagree with that, game on because you will not break me from that. I know exactly what it is. And every morning when I wake up, the majority of the tasks that I do fit into that category. That's what I'm here to do. That's my why in life. When someone doesn't have a why, they always question life and they go, I'm not sure if I should do this. I'm not sure if I should be doing that. Now it's, it's very generic. So I help people perform better. That's just my why. But then the question is, well, how do you do that? Well, how I do that is through my mission and how I do that is through my values. So what our values are is they're essentially a physical, tangible thing that is our decision-making process. And every person has a unique set of values. When values are taught to most people, they're taught as social idealisms, which are completely incorrect. So in a lot of um, fields like psychology and and If someone's listening to this and they're a psychologist, you may have learned something different because I haven't been to every university around the world and and seen how they teach it. But the study of values is actually a field of study called axiology. Axiology focuses on two main areas, which are economics, which is where am I the most valuable? Okay, so you need to be able to answer that question. Where am I the most valuable? The second thing is where do I feel the most valued? When you can combine those two things, you've now got your values and there are select priority order in how your brain perceives that you're the most valuable in life. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's teaching, learning, coaching. If I have a look at how I make the most amount of money, it's teaching, learning, coaching. My brain is always thinking about how can I help that person perform better? That's how my brain just operates. It has done from a young age. I just never realized that it was right in front of my fucking face and I couldn't see it. Um, my second highest value is connecting with leaders and what I call high-level connections. And they—they they, these are people who want to do shit in the world and these are people who can lead others or I, you can lead. So I don't always meet these amazing business owners that are crushing it in life. Sometimes I make people who have hit rock bottom but they want to lead themselves and they want to lead their families to be better. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I consider them leaders. They're open-minded, they're willing to learn. Whereas I make people who have $10 million businesses, they're completely fucking brain dead. They're shut down, they're shut off and they think that they're super successful now and then they've given up. To me, that's not a leader. That's not someone who's growth-driven and I want to spend time with. So that's my second highest value, then business and wealth creation, and then physical fitness and physical appearance. So those top four values essentially drive all of my behaviors. If you look at my calendar, my weekly schedule is based on those values. So very rarely do I miss exercise any day of the week. Five uh, Seven days a week, I do some form of training or some form of exercise because that's how I feel good about life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I naturally study and learn a lot. I teach and coach a lot that's me. Now, there are plenty of people out there who try to replicate what I do because they go, oh, he's got a sick life. You know, He's got some supercars and he's got this fucking lifestyle and he gets to hang out with cool people. So therefore, I want to do that. You're never going to be me. Now, you can try and run in my lane, but I guarantee you're going to fall over eventually and I'm just going to run past you. So it doesn't matter. But that's me. Other people have their own unique set of values that make them extremely gifted. When I'm working with someone who, um, you know, some of the people that that I spend time with and, and that I coach, Some of them are extremely wealthy. Now, those people there, I don't feel insecure around them because I know that I have a better life than them in my values, but they have a better life than me in their values. Mm -hmm. And they're completely fulfilled because their highest value is wealth creation. So they go out there and they build $100 million, $200, $400 million businesses, and that's what they love. If I got put in that same position had to do that same shit every day, I'd be fucking miserable Yeah, because they don't exercise. They don't do the things that I do. They don't connect with the same sort of people that I connect with. It's just different. Mm Mm-hmm. When you realize that, you've got your own lane, and so you're just running that lane. But your values also determine how your brain functions. So if you meet someone who has a high value on wealth creation or business, you will walk down the street and you'll see business opportunities, you'll see ways of making money, and these are normally the true entrepreneurial type people. Mm-hmm. You'll, see, you'll see a vacant building, you're like, oh man, I wonder what I can put in there, or can I put a cafe, or how do I... You'll be thinking like that. You get someone else who has a low value on wealth creation or a low value on business and entrepreneurship. And they walk and they see a vacant building they're like, oh man, the economy is shit at the moment. You know? yeah, it's just yeah. no one's renting. And I, I get people like this who reach out on my socials and they're like, oh, you know, I just, I, don't, I want to start a business, but I don't know what to start. I'm like, fuck, there's a, there's like what? I could, I could list a million different ways of making money right now. Because yeah. that's how my brain's white, but they're not. And they yeah. want to go and start a business. They're going to lose all their money, right? Yeah. So our brain filters the world through our own set of values. And so if you want to achieve great things, you've got to know your values because that's how you feel to the world. Mm -hmm. You know, a professional basketball coach, they see things that other people just don't see. You know, you're, from what I understand, your wife has a high value on family um, and kids. She'll pick up shit about the kids that most people won't pick up on because her brain is just wired to see things differently, to feel things, to hear things differently. Whereas I can be sitting at a cafe with my wife and we'll just be sitting there and, you know, she's talking to me about like what we're doing on the weekend. And cool. I'm listening to a conversation that is yeah. three tables over because they're doing business together. Yeah. My brain's tuning into their conversation, not my wife's. Oh, Don't yeah. tell her that. That does not go that well. <laughs> it is what it is. She knows that that's, they're, my, they're my values, right? Yeah. So our values essentially are the prioritization of how we make decisions. Now, if you want to do really well in life, I would suggest that you get really, really clear with your values because then you'll know how your decision-making strategies are. you know where your strengths are. You'll know your weaknesses and so on. Mm. And you will know where your own lane is, which if you run in, you'll be the best at. When you're trying to live in everybody else's lane and you're trying to compare yourself to others, you're essentially comparing their values to your values, your mission to their mission, your purpose to their purpose, your goals to their goals. You're fucked because you're going to be running in their lane. Mm-hmm. And most people do that. And that's what makes them feel insecure and shit about themselves because they're like, oh man, you know, I wish I had more money like that person, but I wish I had a six pack and was fucking roided up and, and massive like that, that person. Yeah. And you can never win that game. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a consequence to every decision that we make. Yeah. Like running a business, there is, there's, there's consequences to doing that. Having a family, there's consequences. Having an intimate relationship, there's consequences. If you know those, then that's the game you want to play. But if you don't know those, most people get caught out because they're like, Oh man, I never thought business would be this hard. The fuck yeah. did you think? Yeah. Like you're essentially getting in the ring with, with pro fighters and, and they're going to kick the shit out <laughs> of you. Like that's, that's the job, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Bit. So purpose is your why. Values are your ability to prioritize and also they're the filtration mechanism within your brain of how you see the world. Then you have your mission, which is the long-term destination. So the mission, the mission really drives the direction of your life. If you're clear with the mission, then you know where you're going. You don't get off track because most people don't know their mission and they don't know their values. They'll float around most of their life yeah, you know, I think I'm going to start a business, but I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm not sure if I want a family. I'm not sure if, you know, I should hang out with friends. I'm not sure if I could, should go work up in the mines. Money's important to me, but at the same time, like I spend it all, like yeah, you just float through life and that's, that's most people. Um, so yeah, that's the difference between mm. your, that's awesome. your purpose is your why, why you're here, why you exist, your values are your prioritization and your decision-making strategy in life, your, and how you see the world, how you feel to the world through your senses um then you've got mission that's your long-term what as in what am i trying to achieve in life and then you can set goals off of that when most people goal driven they, they'll they have a lot of drive but they'll burn out all the time when <clears> you're mission driven you realize that it's it's a it's a long journey yeah so like i don't i when i re- when i, I need to rest i just rest when i want to go do something like you invited me to the golf i just go to the golf like because I don't need to feel guilty or I don't need to feel bad about it because I'm going to wake up tomorrow and the mission's still going to be there. Yeah, I'm not like most people that grind really, really hard and they're like, man, if I just push really, really hard, then I'm going on a holiday and then they go on a holiday and blow all their cash that they have worked hard for for the last three months, and then on their holiday they're overeating yeah. and feeling, you know, feeling good for a while and then they come back and they're like, man, I'm fat again. I got to grind. They will consistently go through these grind and burnout phases. Mm. When you have a clear mission, you don't have grind or burnout. You just have flow that you just live by. And most people never experience this, so most people don't understand it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. To change it up a bit, mm. um, failure is often very like romanticized just as much as success is these days, mm-hmm. especially in the business world. And I'd like to get your thoughts around it. And if you think b- failing in business is important to work towards success.
1: It's, it's a wicked question. Um, I guess I'm going to I'm gonna think about this from a different perspective because I just want to play with everyone's mind. The idea of success and failure is a delusion that humans have. There's no such thing as either. When people fail, most of the time your failures are actually your greatest lessons and learning. So without failure, you can't be successful, right? So failure and success are the same thing. But when people think that they're successful, they've actually set themselves up for failure. Because when someone is successful and they claim to be successful, mm. they're on a downhill slope. Every time I've thought that I've been successful, I've self-sabotaged the fuck out of all of my goals because I thought I've made it. Have you ever had a wicked week when you go to the gym and you just train really, really hard? And then at the end of the week, you're like, awesome. Now I've earned the right for a pizza and a beer and mm. all this sort of shit. And then you wake up the following day, you're like, fuck, I just, I just sabotaged all my results. Yeah, That's because you felt successful. If you didn't, if you still felt like shit on Friday afternoon, you're like, oh man, I still, I still haven't hit my goal yet. Got to keep going. And I've got a big, long mission because I, I want to have great health. You don't then go and binge eat and you don't go and drink a whole heap of beers because you had a really good week training. Mm. So if you watch most people, they work really, really hard at the start of the week because they feel broke. They get a paycheck, they feel successful, and then they go on spend it all, which then makes them feel like a failure again. And then they start the cycle. The success and failure cycle is just a, a delusion that most humans have. If you get rid of the idea of success and failure and you just go back to your mission, just do that. That's it. It Mm. doesn't matter about success and failure. I mean, every day I do shit that doesn't work. Does that mean I'm a failure or does that mean I just learned something and now I'm just even more successful because I just learned something different? Yeah, that's a good spin. I like that. It was one of my good friends, Dr. John D. Martini, who said this to me. He said, normally those who are less intelligent see everything as being a gain or a loss. Whereas the intelligent person sees everything as a transformation. Mm. And what I mean by that is like in business, let's say you've got a hundred grand in the bank, but in order to build the business again, in order to go to the next level, you've got to take 50 grand and you've got to invest that back into marketing. Now you put 50 grand into marketing, you, spe- you, you put that money in there and next three months you're spending that on marketing. So now you've got 50 grand less in the bank. Are you a success or are you a failure?
0: Depends on the way you look at it. I don't know
1: exactly. Right. <laughs> so you don't you don't know because you had you, you had a hundred grand, and yeah, you got fifty grand. If you look in the bank account and you just look at that aspect, you're like, yep. shit, business has gone bad because I'm like negative. I've got fifty grand less than what I had last week. So you'll feel like shit. But then if you put that into marketing, you're like, okay, cool. Now we're we're trying to grow. So you've got a decrease of money, but you've got an increase in marketing. Yeah. So nothing changed. It was just it just transformed. Yep a lot of the time in business and, and I've gone through this, like, you know, during COVID I had to deal with this every week. And this is why I, I honestly believe that the mindset game is the game that you're going to win or lose life with like a hundred percent because we've gone through COVID. We can't run events anymore. I'm like, we're fucked. Then the next day I was like, hang on. I'm, I'm the most, one of the most driven people in, in our field. If, if, Everyone's going to lose this game. I'm going to be the last motherfucker off of the boat. Like I'm going to drown as the sink ships, uh, the, the ship sinks. Yeah, I'm not going to be the first one who drowns. I'm going to be the last one who drowns. So let's just go hard. That shift in mindset changed everything. But also we had a fairly decent decrease in our um, earning ability because we weren't able to do national tours and so on. But what I realized was during that time, we had a huge transformation. So even though I'd lost a lot of money, I didn't lose it, but it also improved our systems. It improved our processes. I became a better communicator with the team. We Mm. got rid of team members who were just sitting around doing fuck all the time. And I kept thinking, oh, you know, if I'd keep training them and educating them, and I want to help them out because they're good people. But at the same time, they were just not the right people for the job. But Mm. I kept trying to prop them up and help them. But COVID just made all of that become really obvious that they just weren't right for the job. And if I held on to them, I'm doing them a disservice and I'm also doing the business a disservice. And I'm doing my mission disservice. So everything in the business got better because of COVID. But if I look in the bank account, everything got worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, business business is consistently transforming shit. You've gone through stages in business as well, I'm sure, because I, I have this consistently. That as the business grows, you'll have a reduction of customers at some point. Everything will be going well. You start taking on everybody. And then all of a sudden, now there's all these customer issues. There's these, mm-hmm. and, and you start thinking like, fuck, what am I doing wrong? But then, after a while, you realize that you've taken, you've onboarded a whole bunch of shitty customers that don't suit the values of the organization, that aren't in alignment with the mission. They're price driven, you're value driven, and so eventually, it gets to a point where you just lose a heap of customers, and then cash flow goes down. You're like, oh fuck, what do I do? Well, now do you go and get better customers that are in alignment with your business, that are going to help you to grow to the next level, or do you go back to where you were and take on all the shitty customers because it's the this option? Mm. Every business owner faces that through every level of scale. Yeah, so. As you grow, if you're smart, you realize that that's an opportunity to transform the business, but you've got to go through a bit of pain first because if it was easy, everyone would fucking do it. I really believe Mm. that, you know, life is just a goal, a barrier, and an obstacle, and you're on the other side of that barrier. You can get the goal, you've just got to overcome the obstacle. Yeah. It's not given to you. You have to, you have to overcome it and you've got to figure out how to overcome that barrier. But it's simple, right? So every day as a business leader, if you wake up and you're like, right, there's a bunch of barriers and obstacles, how do we overcome them? And you keep focused on the goal you overcome it it might take you a month it might take you a couple of fuck ups you might lose some cash but you overcome it at that level now you've got that learning and that knowledge even if your business collapsed you could go and start another business and you'd overcome that obstacle because you already know how to do and like yeah i think you said before the the barriers or the obstacles get bigger but so does the prize and your ability to get over them as you as you go yeah yeah i i, I think it's like the gym and i think the gym's been such a an, an important part of my life because like I was only thinking this the other day, right? I was doing, I've got a personal trainer who, um, I've got a gym at home. So the personal trainer comes over and we're training. We've just changed the workout. So now I'm doing more like CrossFit style workouts. And I just, I just finished a a strength component. So we're doing this workout and we're three weeks in now. And last week, you know, I'm, I'm pushing hard and I'm just thinking, you know what? This fucking sucks. Like, why am I, why don't I feel any fitter? But the goal isn't to feel fitter. The goal is that I should be fitter compared to the average. But it still should suck as much as what it did if I'm unfit. Because whether you're fit or unfit, the workout still fucking sucks. Yeah. Because you're pushing it, right? And wherever there's a barrier, in order to move that barrier or in order to move the boundary, you've got to push it. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the gym and you know I can bench press, and this is just an example, right, as as round numbers. Let's say I can bench press 100 kilograms. If today I go to the gym and I can't be fucked and I I just do 95, and then I do 95 for three weeks because it's fairly easy, eventually that'll become heavy. And then one day I go to the gym and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to drop it down to 90. And then you do 90, but eventually that becomes heavy. Yeah. So now you're getting weaker and weaker just because you keep taking the easy option. The smart people go to the gym. They're like, last week I did 100. Time for 105. 105 sucks though. Yeah. But it feels just as hard as going from 95 to 100. 100%. Right. As a normally it's based on percentages and not just weight. Mm -hmm. So in your life do you want to keep pushing the boundaries and, and pushing it because you're going to outgrow the average. You know, when I walk into the gym and I've been training for a long, long time now, um, when I walk into the gym, there's big dudes there and they're, you know, some of them bench pressing, like, let, let, you know, let's just say I can bench press 140. That's pretty good compared to the average person. But when you walk into the gym, there's the dude that's like pressing yeah. two two ten, and, and you're like, fuck, I'm weak. But they're also inspiring you to push a little bit harder. Yeah. So, Relative to the general population, if you just look at the general population, if you keep pushing the boundary, I guarantee you will outperform the general population. Mm. But when you're around the top performers, you always feel weak or you always feel like you're not enough or whatever. But that insecurity is also the thing that drives you. Yeah. When I have to deal with people and they're like, you know, I want to get rid of my insecurities. Motherfucker, they never go away. Just own them. Mm. Like a professional athlete that runs 10 seconds, you know, in a in 100 meter sprints going, how do I do, how do I know, how do I do like 950 or how do I do 959? Like, they're pushing to get their limits. McLaren launched the brand new supercar, and and they, they I think they're not two two se- uh, 0.2 of a second off of their naught to 100. 0. 0.2. They didn't go and go. How do we just keep it the same? They're going, How do we just push it that little bit more? Yeah, yeah. And Lamborghini going. How do we fucking compete with them? And how to? They, they're all trying to push it. So in life, if you can keep pushing it to be a little bit better, I guarantee you outperform the average. The mm. average fucking sucks. Meteor- mediocrity sucks, and that is that's my. That's my whole fight in life. And I think everyone has a fight. Mine's mediocrity, yeah. right? Like, I, Since my friend's three-year-old niece died in that car accident, I just think that life is so short and we're all going to die one day and no one's going to care. You know, like I asked people, I, and on a recent podcast, I asked, um, uh, I, I asked this question. I'm like, name me three Chinese emperors. Yeah. Can't do it, right? No. Yeah, they had armies of Millions upon millions, Mm. right? These are are some of the greatest people in history and you can't fucking name. What's the chance that Michael, who lives in Adelaide, Australia, and has been this mindset dude, is probably going to be remembered in the next 100, 200 years? No one's going to give a fuck. So when you realize that, that no one cares, then just get on and live your life and just enjoy it. Because people think like, oh, what's my legacy? If you're worried about your legacy, you're already fucking dead. Mm. Don't worry about it. Have, do what you need to do today. Let's get that done first. Don't worry about the legacy. And then they're like, oh, but you know, I want to set up my family and I want to do all this sort of stuff. Well, that's cool. But if you're not setting up yourself, people replicate what you do and they're going to watch what you do and they're going to repeat it. You've got to inspire people to be better, right? So I just, I think that most people just, they get things around in life the wrong way. Like if you can't enjoy today, I guarantee you won't fucking enjoy tomorrow. It will not change Mm. because the problem is in your head if you wake up today and you're like, right, let's fucking do this. Tomorrow you wake up and you're like, let's fucking do this again. <laughs> and then the day after, let's fucking do this again. And when a problem rocks up, you're like, cool, we'll figure it out because we figured it out yesterday we figured it out the fucking day before. So let's go again. And we're pushing that barrier just a little step at a time versus most people like, oh, fuck, it's a problem. No shit. It's a fucking problem because life is full of them. Yeah. You solve one, another one pops up. That's called growth. You don't get growth unless you solve problems. Like That's called growth. You yeah. fix a problem. Business ownership. The amount of business owners I meet and they're like, man, I've got all these fucking problems. It's like no shit. Because in order to get growth, <laughs> growth happens through stress, right? So in nature, if you look at how things grow in nature, they grow under stress. Trees grow the deepest roots in the harshest droughts. Mm. So do you want to be a weak piece of shit as a business owner who at the slightest little wind just falls over? Cause yeah. there are plenty of them out there. Mm. Or do you want to be the solid fucking foundation and no matter what happens, you're staying, you're here. You need a lot of stress. So just cop it on the chin and like, how can I take on maximum stress today and grow as much as I can? And then expansion happens through pressure everywhere in the universe, things expand or contract. So if you're not waking up in the morning going, how do I get maximum stress and how do I take on maximum pressure today so I can get maximum growth? You're not going to move that barrier. Yeah. All right. Well, that
0: concludes part one of our two-part interview on the Plumber podcast with Michael Mojo Johnson. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. Stay tuned for part two. Thanks for tuning in to another Plumify podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, and all the usual podcast platforms.